Hello, hello. <clears throat> Good morning. Let's see if this is working. I just woke up, as you can see. That's why uh, I'm still uh, I'm still waking up. I just wanted to uh, to plan what time I did this today, and uh, I didn't want to break my plan. And my plan was at 8 a.m. We're gonna talk about Victor Davis Hanson. I'm obsessed with this dude. I think he's so awesome. First, I want to play you guys a little clip I got to upload yesterday to YouTube. Let me just grab this real quick. Because I was looking in my in my uh I was looking in my uh the comments on the special that the sweet prince, our sweet boy, just finally got up on YouTube. And people seem to really like the rock, paper, scissors bit. So I added little pictures to it. And it and it has to do with uh, what we're talking about today, which is World War II with Victor Davis Hanson. The guy, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this dude. And we'll talk about him in one second. Let me just play you this bit. There we go. Here's a little known fact. Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> Just kidding, God, Jesus. You guys know I'm joking, right? Hitler was a socialist. Anyway, but here's a little known fact. He was mis misunderstood a little bit. You know, because all our black brothers and sisters were getting a, a black movement going, and their, and their symbol was a, the rock. You know, they're like, rock for us. And Hitler was buddies with all these guys, and he, he thought they were playing a fun international game. Of, he was like, paper! You know? Paper beats rock! And the black dudes are like, oh, good one, Hitler! And then the communist hippies came in, they're like, scissors! Scissors beats paper! They're all like, no way! Alright, <clears throat> so that was a bit. If you want to get the full special, that one's for free on, on YouTube, and uh, but the one out of Atlanta, which is very dear to my heart, is at hugepianist.com. You can also get tickets for the December tour, which is going, and uh, it's going fast. We had to add a couple shows. There's a 7 o'clock and a 9 o'clock show for, I think, Salt Lake City and Denver. So just try and get tickets early because they, they will run out. I couldn't get big enough theaters. Um, which is kind of a problem that I've been facing, but so just buy tickets early because by December they'll be gone. I sound stern, but, uh, I think it's because I'm thinking about World War II. Okay. So World War II, Victor Davis Hanson, let's first talk about why his perspective is so awesome. And I highly recommend you watch his takes on, uh, the myth mythology of the election of 2016 because I relate to him in, in a certain way because he uh, lives on a farm and he's from a farming family in California. Not that I'm from a farm in California, but he is a fellow at the Hoover Institute and is taught at Stanford and all this stuff. He's like a, a respected historian and academic, but he lives in Fresno, like outside of Fresno. Like he lives in a place with a lot of illegal immigrants and a smaller community where where people would confront him at Walmart if he gets something wrong. Uh, he's like, I've had a dead dog in my yard. 
I don't know what he's quite talking about with that, but I get his point. And he talks about the uh, the ten the Ten Commandments of the left, which is pretty funny, and just the hypocrisy of it. Because he, you can tell, he has a deep love for California, and to watch it just go to shit because of leftism, I, it clearly bothers him, and he and he talks about that in a few of his lectures. Like uh, California, little known fact is is I think the biggest agricultural output. Is from California. California is, is has giant farms. It has uh, tons of aqueducts. It has 900 miles of coastline. It is uh, has one of the biggest economies. <clears throat> but everything's fallen. You know, it, it was it was ranked one of the best public schools in the 50s and 60s. Now it's 49th, only under uh, Alabama, I think. Um, one in three Californians are pre-diabetic. That's another thing he was talking about, how he'd go to the, the doctor and it'd be like mostly illegal immigrants. And it's not because they're starving, it's because they're so fat. And, uh, and they spent all this money. As someone who lived in California for 16 years, like the 5 and the 405 and all these uh, these highways were once... There were once uh, engineering feats, and it would cost like thirty billion or something to have added a lane, which would have saved so much time and carbon and all this stuff. And they spent all this money on a high-speed train that's just never going to work. They're still working on it. They haven't laid one foot of one foot of it, and it's been they've been working on it for like a decade. And it'd been way cheaper just to add a lane, and they can't, and they have to like ruin all this land. They're just idiots. Like all the leftist elites in Silicon Valley and uh, L.A., they won't even not fly on their private planes, and all they do is talk about <laughs> these carbon footprints. They don't realize that all their water comes from somewhere else, and they refuse to like build aqueducts. I don't know. You got to watch. I'm more into the World War II stuff, but he's a fascinating fella. <clears throat> All right. So World War II, one of the reasons I'm obsessed with it is um, it was the most deadly six years in human history, even more than the plague. Uh, 27,000 people died a day for six straight years. And the way he summed it up, he said it, it, it could have been summed up as um, a war against the unarmed. And... That's one of the many reasons that I'm an, uh, an advocate for the Second Amendment, because 80% of the people killed in World War II were civilian. It was basically a war in which Japan and Germany killed just an ungodly amount of civilians. You know, and people will talk about Dresden and, and Hiro, Hiroshima and Nagasaki and stuff, like, like these are these horrible war crimes. It's not even close. And we also focus a little heavy on the Jews, not even close to what they did to Eastern, uh, Eastern Europe and, uh, and Russia, the Wehrmacht. Uh, and, and, the, and the Japanese killed 17 million Chinese, unarmed civilians. So it was basically just uh, Germany and Japan just slaughtering people without guns. 
Because if you remove those two factors, and, and Stalin killed more than Hitler, but it took longer, and most of it was after 45. Stalin killed tw- uh, 2 million German prisoners, prisoners of war, but uh, Hitler killed 5 million uh, Russian prisoners of war. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> uh, Victor Davis Hansen has a, a great video I highly recommend you watch called uh, Just How World War II Started is a Border War. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned now about diplomacy and why Trump is doing such a good job and what we lost during Obama. And that is, uh, we need we needed uh, deterrence because uh, Hitler started with just invading all these countries that were next to him, and and we have this mythology that he had this uh, this unstoppable Wehrmacht, and their their weaponry was so great. Uh, he invaded Poland when he invaded Poland. It was seventy five percent horsepower. You know, it wasn't oil, it was grass. They needed grass. That Their tanks had tw- uh, 20, uh, I can't remember what the, the, the 20, not, not a 50 cal, but a 20 cal gun on it. Um, they weren't that technolo- technologically advanced. They were banking on no one doing anything. By the end, they had more stuff, like the Panzers and all that stuff. I'm not I'm 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 not uh, an expert in weaponry, so I'm kind of bailing on that. I'm realizing that I'm I might be saying stuff that isn't exact, but the concept is true. They appeasement makes people spite you. There, Victor Davis Hanson brought up a point that I didn't agree with when I first when he first started talking about it, and then I realized he was right. He's an expert on this. Uh, that the Treaty of Versailles wasn't even that harsh. What it was, it, it was the worst of both worlds because it was punitive but weak. And that's how you get people to do bad things to you. Is It was punitive, but it was no, it was no more punitive than after 45. In fact, after 45, we split Berlin up into four and never left. You know, it was way more punitive after uh, 45 than, than after Treaty of Versailles. The problem with the Treaty of Versailles is the Wilsonian types of the world uh, penalized Germany, but then didn't enforce it at all. And what that does, um, Goering said to Hitler, I think, or Hitler said to Goering, I think he was talking about this in Nuremberg, but it was... Uh, they were they were like saying, uh, "Are you sure you want to invade this country? What about England?" And his quote was hilarious. I'm just trying to remember. He goes, "I've seen these people in Berlin. They're worms." He goes, "If I see if I see Chamberlain, I'll jump on his umbrella." Basically, just pussies and cowards. That's why uh, Obama's not going forward on his red line approach with Syria was so bad, because if you have all this power and you don't use it when you should, people spite you for it, and not only do they not respect you, they hate you for it. The, J- the Japanese felt that way about FDR. They thought that he was a coward, and a uh, the fact that he didn't defend Britain, uh, America's ally, made them hate us. It's so interesting. It's like that with uh, interpersonal relationships and um, between nation states where 
That's why Trump saying like, listen, I'll bomb the shit out of you if you do anything works. Because if you don't, it's the worst of both worlds. They don't look at you like Switzerland, like just something, just another guy without any guns. Or no, Switzerland has guns, but you know what I mean, without an army. They look at you like the worst of both worlds. Like you have all this power, but you're not even going to do anything about it. So Germany kept pushing and pushing and they would have just, they would have controlled Europe till today if they had just stopped. They took France because they knew France were cowards. Uh, They didn't have superior armaments. That's, That's a myth. But what they were is liars. And that's why fascism and communism and socialism and and all this, uh, all these ideologies that are based on this like evil type of selfishness doesn't work because what happens is they don't trust each other. You know, like uh, Germany and and Italy are lying like lying to each other and same with Japan. And so they couldn't have a coordinated war effort. Whereas America and England their output, their industrial output became uh, just staggering, especially America's. And and as long as Stalin, when we allied with Stalin, focused on just killing German soldiers on the Eastern Front, uh, we were good. And so when you have that coordinated war effort that happens with democracies or republics, and uh, Stalin's obviously not a republic, but England and uh, America were, you can become so much more efficient and it's the only reason why we won. Because if you don't trust your allies because you're all operating out of some wacky ideology about bloodlines and, and weird utopias, um, you can't coordinate a war. And so I just thought that was interesting. And then when, yeah, like when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, they, they, they started a war they couldn't possibly win. Someone asked, was it Hitler or the Emperor of Japan, how are you going to get to New York? You know, how are you going to get to San Diego? How are you going to stop their war effort? And they couldn't. And another thing is we were armed. The civilians in America were armed. There's a a quote about that, about behind every blade of grass in, in America is a gun. It's one of the reasons they never tried to invade America. People don't understand the deterrent that we have with guns. And one thing that I think our government is starting to not respect is the deterrent that we would do anything under tyranny because it's becoming very clear that we won't do anything. And that's why it like talking a bit about the threat of violence or the threat of overthrow isn't bad because a government needs a deterrent or else the, like a, like a pestilent child, they won't stop. And, um, and I finally understand why isolationism might not be the best move a lot, because if, if we had come in and taken out Hitler early, we could have saved all those lives. And it's not soldiers that were dying in world war two. It was, it was the unarmed. And, uh, so I just want to talk a little bit about that. I hope hopefully it sparked your interest and you'll now check out Victor Davis Hanson. He broke down why Obama ruined the uh, the Democratic Party really well. I posted about it yesterday where the thing about what Obama did and what the problem with evil and, and Hanson doesn't use words like evil. That's me. So I'm not putting those words in his mouth. He's like much nicer sounding. But um, 
like the Saul Alinsky 12 rules for radicals. Like you have Barack Obama who galvanized force and votes and power. And he did it through community organizing, quote unquote, which is just stoking the fires of difference and uh, racism and envy and lust and uh, rage. And so he would go into these inner cities and he would use his darker skin color despite the fact he wasn't from the culture he was talking about. You know, he's a half-white Hawaiian, where his dad's from the continent of Africa, and uh, probably in the CIA. He's not, he's not, uh, welcome to Detroit. You know, that's not Barack Obama. But he used his darker skin to make people think he was, like a chameleon. And so what happened is he set up a roadmap for power in the Democratic Party. And that was using identity politics to divide and to enrage. And the thing is, people are tribal and especially low IQ people uh, are very racially tribal. Like, cause uh, a lot of them can't think past skin color and, and, and that's whites and blacks. They can't think past skin color into, a, into uh, having your tribe be about ideals, merit, uh, history, tradition, culture, stuff like that. It's just like, you dock, I dock. So he galvanized this uh, this force to get power. And then once he left, no one else can do it. That's why we see Elizabeth Warren desperately hoping that she's one drop Native American because she can't just be white now. Because the tribe came out for Obama. They didn't come out for Hillary. Black people didn't vote for Hillary. They stayed home. You know, they, they talk about how they have the black vote. They didn't have the black vote. You know, the vast majority of black people don't vote. They voted for Obama because of his skin tone. They, they tried to match to match his skin almost like a, a Home Depot paint swab. But in reality, they didn't like Hillary Clinton as a, dem, as a voting block. And so we're now seeing that the, the Democratic Party can't get off this horrifying train. You know, they know it's, it's madness. We now have white people saying they're black and Native American and then calling black people white supremacists. And it's so mad. It, it's, it's so embarrassing at this point that I did a video on, on Instagram yesterday just saying that I would give a short amount of time of, uh, of, of I, would, I would allow people to leave the left and, and come to us and we'll embrace them, you know. Because I know that they probably just can't get out. There's, it's like Godfather Three. They just, they're too far in. They don't know how to get out of this this demonic train. And so, what Obama will get now, and this is the this is the the price of uh, of doing evil, is he will never complete the hero's journey. So the hero's journey is the hero goes out and he slays a dragon, but you have to come home and teach your people how to slay dragons. That's the whole point of the hero's journey. So he goes out and slays his dragon, slays another dragon, and they pay him a half a million dollars every time he slays a dragon by a a bank or something. But he can't bring any new knowledge home, and his home would be the Democratic Party, his tribe. So he can't say, okay, everybody, this is how you keep power. So Obama goes in, and look at what they've lost since he's left. They lost the presidency, the Supreme Court, the Senate, the House, a bunch of governorships, a bunch of municipalities, like a bunch of uh, state legislator seats. Um, the media monopoly has been revealed. 
and other places of, of getting media like me and uh, Crowder and Shapiro and all these people are growing exponentially. They've lost everything. And, and so Obama, for his reward of, of doing his uh, satanic bargain, is he gets to watch his tribe poison poison itself and die from an ivory tower. And that's, and that's a hell, you know, I just found that pretty interesting. It, it means he either hates his own tribe and a man without no tribe is not a man. Uh, or he's in hell either way. It's, it's horrifying. So we're just watching the Democrats fall apart. And uh, some people are like, yeah, the extreme left. There is no extreme left. It's just the left. The left is horrible. Collectivism is horrible. Any form of it is horrible because it, it takes away human choice. That's the whole problem with it. And you can't have, that's like saying uh, I'm a centrist rape, rape, rape guy. You know, I'm, I'm in the middle for rape. You know, I think there's a certain type of rape that, uh, that's acceptable. You know, I'm in the middle. No. You're either a rapist or you're not. There is no middle rape. <clears throat> if you think that the the human individual is is only defined by their demographic and their collective uh, and their collectivist tendencies, then you're you're uh, you're a leftist and you're and you're bad. Like you are part of a sick ideology. And if you want to understand sick ideologies and what their inevitable outcome are read about World War II, you know, no, no, it was the most deadly six years in human history by far, no question, way more than the plagues, 27,000 people a day died and 80% were unarmed civilians. And it was mostly by Japan and Germany. Uh, they were, they were just, you know, Germany killed 27 million people without guns. We only hear about the Jews because they own Hollywood and they like to make movies about it and constantly remind everybody about the Holocaust. But they were a, a fraction of, of the people that, that Germany killed, a lot of their own people. And uh, the, the percentage of Jew, Jews that got killed within the Jewish population was unbelievable, though. That's It's comparable only to maybe the Armenians in World War I. Uh, that's one reason why the, the Jewish Holocaust is so horrifying and um, so memorable is because it almost took them all out. It, like it was, it was big. And I know we like to joke around about the Holocaust not not really happening, but it did. Um, it did happen, and a lot of it happened in in Russia. You know, I think that the just between me and you, this may discredit me from uh, talking about actual facts about World War II because it sounds a little conspiratorial. I think the gas chambers were exaggerated. I think a lot of them were just uh, shot in, in fields. I think that the the dramatic horrors of the gas chambers uh, are exaggerated because it's so horrifying and it's so like uh, dramatized. It's like right out of Saw, like those movies Saw. In reality, they would go um, they would go into uh, villages, find the Juden, and shoot him. Or hang them in uh, in in other countries. Never in Germany. There were no uh, uh, kill kill camps in Germany. They kept them away from the citizenry. So some Germans could legitimately say they didn't know it was happening. I, I I researched that a lot because I wanted to understand that. Like how many people were in on that? 
And there was probably an idea that was happening, especially after the night of broken glass, crystal knock. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't in their face. It wasn't like you watched uh, trains go into like factories and just juice smoke came up. That wasn't a thing. They would be in uh, Czechoslovakia or Poland or Russia. And uh, yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. But a lot of it was just ropes and bullets. But uh, that that you can't really make uh, Hollywood movies around that as easily. The 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 like Auschwitz was leveled to the ground, and it wasn't even that big. I've been there. I don't know. Seems a little fishy. It really does. Not the Holocaust. That happened. Jews were almost wiped off the planet. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not buying that. Because there's also no evidence that Hitler ordered it. They used to call it the will of the Fuhrer. When I was in college, it, it was, it's actually very similar to uh, what we're seeing right now in Saudi Arabia. Where there's no evidence that the king ordered it. But it was people trying to make the king happy. A very similar thing would happen with Hitler. Especially toward the last three or four years of his uh, life. He was uh, getting some pretty bad Parkinson's and he was on meth trying to help it and he was spiraling he had bitten off more than he could chew he should never start a war with america england and uh russia that was a bad move if he kept it border wars in, in in the continental europe he would still germany would still own europe but uh yeah they would say the will of the fuhrer because there's no document there's no documentation at all that hitler ordered the holocaust he wanted him to go to uh, to Madagascar. How funny would that be? Just put a bunch of Jews in Madagascar looking for a bagel. And all they see is these little colorful monkeys. Oh, I can't say monkey because that's racist against black people. All right. Let me read some um, paypal.me slash feed the bear if you want to send me a little, little honey. And, uh, and a note. I know I got some I can read about. I can read that I got yesterday. It looked interesting. I got a lot of sleep last night. A lot. Uh, HugePianist.com for tour information and stuff like that. And I got a lot of good uh, feedback on the evolution chat. A lot of good science stuff, too. Like People did take the time to try and explain it to me. And I'll, I'll, I'll hit on that again um, another time. I'm still not buying it. I just don't want to get sucked down that hole. And when I say that, don't just immediately react that I'm stupid. I do believe in, in microevolution and uh, adaptation, but let me just quickly touch on it. The way evolution works, sexual evolution and environmental evolution, the only factor, fit, fitness only means how many kids can you have, and not only how many kids, but how many kids that can uh, grow to adulthood and have their own kids. Basically, how many grandkids can you have? And if you look at our eyebrows, uh, you, can, you can see how the evolution of that could work because if we're on the plains of, of Eastern or of, we're, we're on the plains of Mongolia or Africa or something like way back in the day and there's a hunter and, and he's uh, holding his bow and, and a little bit of sweat falls into his eye and he can't see and he, and he, and he misses his target. That person has like a, a 0.01 percent less likely chance, I'm just making up numbers, of having offspring. So if you had a genetic mutation where someone had a little bit of hair here 
and it caught the sweat and it didn't hit the eye. And that happens over and over and over and over and over again with a uh, with the amount of time it's hard for us to understand. Uh, you you would start growing eyebrows because it, it would it would be more fit. It would be better for hunting, having children, yada yada. Okay, my issue with evolution is still uh, one species to another, and people want to talk about you know you have kingdom, phylum, class, order, family genus species right you have this huge web where you have the kingdoms phylums family you know and and there's all about common ancestor and how webs go like that it's not that we came from monkeys it's that us and monkeys have a common ancestor that came from another okay this is the issue i have with all that let's say a fin right but because they say we all came from the sea and then they came out of the sea or uh Things went into the sea, like what they would claim with uh, whales. That's why mammals in the sea, they say, came from land and over time evolved down. Okay, just I'll just give you one example. And there's tons, same with especially the design of the eye. But let's say, how do you evolve a dorsal fin? So it has to start gradually. No one just is born with a dorsal fin. Sorry, guys, that's not how uh, genetic anomalies work. Let's say you have a little tiny bit of something on your back that helps stabilize your swimming because even though you're a land animal, you've decided to start swimming a lot to get like fish because there isn't enough food on land. It, it falls apart, guys. All right. But you have a little bit. You're on the way to having a dorsal fin. Just like you'd be like that would be seen as repugnant. Or repulsive by sexual selection. Like like women wouldn't want to bang the guy with the humpback. And if you're talking about evolution, like little tiny... The way evolution works is tiny, tiny shifts that over time add up. Like the, the, the width of nostril of, of um, people in warm, moist climates versus where I'm from uh, genetically. The air can be negative 40 and dry. So you want a tight nostril... It kind of sucks when it's warm and moist because it gets stuffy, but it, it's good with really cold weather. So over time, a little bit wider, a little wider, a little wider, if you live in the Sudan, helps you get more oxygen because you don't have to warm and moisten it. That, that's how it, it all works. How does When I said, how does a dandelion become an ant and people call me stupid and all that, that's not what I mean. I understand that there's there's – it's how do you jump attributes – that would require millions of years of, of uh, sexual and environmental selection to become anything useful. That is impossible. Like what I described with the eyebrow is possible because even when it first starts, it'll help get, uh, it'll help sweat from entering your eye while you're shooting a bow in a, some prehistoric land. But a dorsal fin. You know, the, uh, what are those things called on the side of fish that you can breathe underwater? Like, you can't gradually get that stuff because in the process of getting it, you would be seen as unattractive to your mates and it doesn't help you yet at all. It, in fact, would, would hurt you. Like, if you had a hunchback that was becoming a dorsal fin, for like a million years, that dude couldn't run as well and people wouldn't want to have sex with him. So, it isn't a valid theory to me and 
it's it's it is when it comes to adaptation it is when it comes to you know bird plumes and the size of beaks and stuff like that but the creation of species that are vastly different from the previous species uh it would require I mean, think about what it would require. Like, let's say you had hundreds of trillions of years. And so the dorsal fin guy, there was just a chance that women at that point also just happened to have a mutation where they were really attracted to guys with bumpy backs. I mean, is that possible? Maybe. I don't know. I just, I'm not buying it, guys. I'm just not. Gills? Are you talking about gills? Oh, nice. It's like you have to have transitional periods. If one species becomes another species, wings, okay? You, you, transitional wings, you would look like a freak and no one would touch you. Think about how picky women are. And that's even now with the welfare state. Like right now, they're being pumped full of fiat currency that they get from force, right? So think about how picky they are even now. Imagine back in the day when like they survived based on just their man, right? So they need a good man, a reliable man, an attractive man, a man that other, uh, that their friends, uh, think is also healthy and attractive. And when I say attractive, I don't mean like Christian gray. I just mean like general symmetry. Um, and only 40% of men made it. 80% of women had children, 40% of men. It, it's much easier to have children if you're a woman because you just are naturally more attractive because you have eggs and uh, the ability of having children. Men, you know, can just pump and roll. So if you had the, the startings of gills on your neck, who's going to bang you? Because you don't, you, you, there's no mutation where you just breathe underwater one day. It would be gradual, just like how actual adaptation works. It's a gradual process towards something better for fitness in the environment or sexual selection. That's how it works, right? So that's why, oh, there's an island where there's, uh, where there's lions and, oh man, I got to show you guys these, uh, these pictures. There's this island in Africa where someone just said, oh, I got to read the book, uh, Darwin Suleiman, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, atheism to me requires way more faith. Okay, there's an island in Africa where you have Cape Buffalo and lions isolated themselves on this island. And now they're both huge. Because, But that makes total sense to me. That's microevolution. That's like um, if you have a high selection factor, like let's say just tons of lions and you're a Cape Buffalo, they're going to be... All of them except for the biggest are going to be slaughtered. And so only the biggest will have kids. And then after that, again, 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 until everybody's huge. And then the bigger the, the Cape Buffalo get, the more vicious the lions have to get. And so it just keeps going and going until everybody's huge. That doesn't create an ant. Because to switch species would require... Because in that process, at any given time, you're just looking for the best merit, right? When you're inventing a new appendage, uh, there would be, it would require millions of years where, where women are just banging the freak with a, a, a quasi gill on his neck. Like Joe Rogan, right? He's a, he's a thumb. So it's like, how, 
It's like, I don't know. How does having a thumb, maybe in, maybe in a million years, humans will just become fingers on a, on, on a hand. And so right now, Joe Rogan is advanced because he looks like a, a thumb. And, and maybe I look more like a forefinger because I'm so tall, right? I'm a pointer finger. And he's a thumb. And then you got your gay little pinkies. But for like millions of years, it would take millions of years for us to actually become the hand that we require to come, become. And in the meantime, I'm just a freaky, freaky pointer finger and he's a thumb. You know what I'm saying? So Owen should be on Crowder full time. Change my mind. Middle finger. Yeah, Eric's the middle finger. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm still with Crowded all week. I'm staying an extra week. We're working on the U of M show. So, um, oh, Nimmer will be at the U of M show. He's going to be entertaining the overflow room. It's going to be a party. So even if you didn't get tickets in time or reservations, uh, still come because it's going to be, we have a full overflow room and Nimmer's going to be uh, entertaining. It's going to be really, really fun. So that's all my point is with evolution. It's not coming from a place of ignorance or... I don't use my belief in God to exclude facts. Like, that isn't me at all. Anyone who knows me knows that isn't me. Like, I'm not going to say, well, it says this in the Bible, so this fact you're presenting me, I can't listen to. That's not what my how my mind works. Uh, I haven't been given any facts as to how someone can evolve a dorsal fin. All right, let's uh, check out some some PayPal's. Oh man, I wish you were here earlier, Nimmer, or maybe you were, but uh, I wasn't in the chat. I was talking about uh, World War II weaponry. You would have known the specifics, but it, it was pretty. I, I didn't know how many people were on horses in the German army. Like I didn't know how much of the Wehrmacht was uh, was horse drawn, and then uh, how obsolete a lot of their weapons were by the end of the war. I find that. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go deep into uh, into weaponry. Just just as far as uh, the history of it. it's fascinating. Oh, and another reason so many people died in World War II. Oh, uh, twenty. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you, Redfish Bear. Is <laughs> because they had a lot more offensive technology and not enough defensive technology. And now we have better defensive technology. You know, we have. Um, Ability to shoot down missiles and body armor and drones and stuff like that. But uh, back then, they didn't have very much uh, defensive technology. So you had these huge advances in, uh, in how to kill people, but not how to... Uh... Yes, check out the evolution of weaponized weather balloons, too. That shit blew my mind. I will. That sounds, that sounds cool. Weaponized weather balloons. The Jews were all like, wait, is someone else controlling the weather? Holocaust definition means burnt sacrifice. This is why they said... The Jews were put in gas chambers and burnt in the ovens. Interesting. I I always assumed that was a metaphor, like a Holocaust. It's only recently that the Holocaust is just associated with the Jewish uh, genocide of World War II. Holocaust is uh, is a very old word. Pretty soon we'll have Space Force lasers. Yeah, I'm excited about Space Force. Hardcore History by Dan Carlin is a great World War I podcast. Yes, it is. There's a sixth series called A Blueprint to Armageddon. And uh, unbelievable. But Victor Davis Hansen, I'm obsessed. And as you all know, I do get obsessed with strong, brilliant men. And uh, But I'm, I'm better at it. I'm getting better at it. But this dude is awesome. I love that he lives in Fresno. Like He lives with a bunch of uh, 
Mexicans and teaches at Stanford and is a fellow at the, and it's all organic. It's not because he's some asshole who's like, I have to live amongst the poor to know about them. No, it's because his family was from that house. He was talking about how that house has been in his, in his family for so many generations that he can look to, um, he can think about, he was talking about materialism. He was thinking about how people think that material things are going to make us happier and have better lives. And he looks to where, you know, he, one of his family members died from, um, uh, from, um, what's that, a pen, that thing you have in your, in your gut that ruptures sometimes guys. It's called the, uh, appendix. And he like looks to where someone died because of kidney, some kidney thing that is now easily fixed. But then he would talk about how now you can't send your kids to the schools. You can't uh, knock on your, on your neighbor's door for sugar. You know, there's all these things that we've lost and the levels of depression, the levels of anxiety, the levels of, and how old they used to live. They used to live old. You know, my great grandparents lived to, all of them lived to be in their 90s. I think only one didn't. They were all in their 90s. I had a great grandfather named Ben Kenobi. I think that's hysterical. My grandfather, Dale, the first unbearable, uh, was a lead miner and then became a security guard because he quit drinking and his hands would shake so much. He was like, I'm up anyway. Uh, he lived to be 80 and he smoked four packs of unfiltered lucky strikes a day and drank a bottle of whiskey every day for like 50 years and had the black lung from being in the mines and he lived to be 80. Oh, Sam Hyde. Oh yeah. We've been texting. That's coming. I'm just, uh, I'm still in, in Texas. So I just wanted to do a nice early morning Saturday chat. I don't know why. But I enjoy you guys. And I didn't do one yesterday. Um, I've been getting really good feedback from the special we put up for free. I'm really glad I did that. You know, the Jews around me, Dolev, was like, you know, you could charge for that. I'm like, stop it, Jew. Real oh, and by the way, for those of you that think that uh, Jews have it real easy in the world in Israel and they're just running shit, Dolev had to, like her mother's, house got hit by a, like a rocket recently it's they have a horrifying um horrifyingly uh violent existence from time to time oh to love you'll like victor david ha davis hansen's uh take on uh on on some of the shit you guys are facing over there because he's so smart he's talking about how the the victim mentality of the palestinians he's like you want to talk about human movement what about the millions of Germans in the Rhineland? Like, he'll just start listing all the shit about all the people that have had to just leave an area. He's like, yeah, that's everywhere all the time. And that's all you, all you hear from is the Palestinians. When you really know history and you know, like, what has happened and the quantity of people, no such thing as Palestine. Well, there's a theory. Th theoretically, there is. Uh, I, I mean... I don't, I think it's become fairly comical. Oh, Scott Adams, um, you're like that JF uh, French nihilist alt guy, alt, right? He always mocks me for doing that uh, hilarious song 
Oh, Sweet Palestine that I did on Crowder. And he's like, you, you mock the 40 dead people. You think genocide is funny. And of course, I just roll with idiots like that. I'm just like, um, yeah, I do. It's really funny. So I, I, I'm still laughing about it. They, they'll, they'll take, if they really cared about human life, they talk about Yemen right now. Yemen is just getting rocked. What's BDB is correct? I don't know what BDB is. Talk to the Armenians. Talk to a, a million. There, there's that, this is what he, this is what is bothering me about uh, America right now is people don't understand how good we have it. I know I bitch a lot, especially if you uh, are up on my live streams and on Instagram and stuff. But my bitching comes from a please don't let us lose this advantage we have in the world and this freedom and this uh, wealth. Uh, it's so rare. Like most of the world is just people moving because a bunch of people. Did you see what Schumer did? I sent it to you. No. My phone's charging and I'm not wearing pants. It comes from the bitch hips. Ah, that's funny. I've been thinking about that lately. We're more blessed now than ever in history. Yeah, we are, except for our souls. Uh, the soul of America, and, and Hanson was talking about that, about how uh, it's the worst time for immigration because we don't have a soul. Like, we don't, and he's not, I don't believe he's religious, but it's, it's just a word soul. Uh, it can be applied a uh, secular would be con like a, a consciousness, uh, a backbone, a culture. I don't know. We don't know who we are except for the stuff that keeps getting sold to us, you know? And so when people come in, they're like, amen, I want to be American. And, and Americans are like, what is American? Is it, is it Starbucks? Because I think I've won 1,000th Cherokee. That's something, right? It's, uh, it's weird. And so then they're like, all right, man, I'm just going to hang out with myself and fight dogs. Nimmer crushed on Lara with Crowder. I told you. Well, I'm, it's so good to see everyone appreciating Nimmer. And she is calling for a Super Bowl boycott for all entertainers to support Kaepernick. You have to see the post. Wow, the balls. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, anybody that knows uh, narcissists and liars there, there's something that happens to them later in life. And Amy Schumer's 10 blank, blinks away from death at this point. I mean, that, that pig, she's not healthy. Uh, they think they can just invent reality. Like once you start lying, this is the problem with lying, is they think they can just invent reality. Like they can just start being like, this is arsenic. It's like, no, it's water. Owen, oh, did you see Jordan Peterson's stage response to the Kavanaugh tweet on YouTube yesterday? Nah, I'm done. I'm out. Um, Eric is an awesome dude. I keep missing my chances to see him. Yeah, it's wicked funny. Hang all those satanic witches. Oh, well, they're actually becoming witches. How funny is that? Owen, oh, please check my Green Day Time of Your Life parody. The photo is with her in a wine glass. It's bigger than her fat body. Well, I mean, they're going to try and take the Super Bowl, and they're going to try and use Colin Kaepernick, and it's going to be really gay. Uh, I'm already, I'm already exhausted by it. I want to check out the video. Why does Stalin matter? I will. An alpha male will fight for what they believe in. Well, beta male will pretend to believe in anything to survive. Never trust a beta male. I agree with you. And even yesterday when I was trying to give amnesty to leftists, 
I realize that so many of them, they just, well, they'll never see it. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, it's the extreme left. I'm like, repeat after me. Socialism always ends in starvation and genocide. If you can't do that, you're not getting amnesty. Because it's getting so embarrassing. You have white girls calling Eric Nimra a white supremacist. It, it, it's, it's so embarrassing that if, if you saw yourself five years ago and you're currently a liberal, five years ago, I thought I was a liberal. I called myself a liberal. I didn't realize that conservatism is why liberalism exists. You got to have people to defend lines in the sand or else you can't have your little roller skates. Um, just liberalism alone can't survive. It has to be protected by something. It's just like that uh, World War II started as a border war video that I highly recommend. It's like if someone doesn't put a line in the sand and say no more, people won't even respect you. He's serious. A white woman called me a racist coon. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we see it all the time now. There's this guy that I, I, was, I was going on a bender with yesterday. His name was uh, Red Pill Ken or something, this black dude. And he was wearing this MAGA hat in, in New York City. And he's like... He's like the type of dude you see on the street. You're like, oh, shit. Like this dude's in, like, he's one of those dudes like, you know, he's, he's, he posh, he's just physically threatening and uh, really loud. And he's like, Trump, he's like, Trump coming in, Trump kicking ass. And, uh, and you got these white girls and this white dude is like, but what about slavery? And he's like, slavery isn't the white man's problem. He's like, everybody had slaves. Everybody. He's like, that shit was worldwide. He's like, it still is, nigga. You know, he's like one of those dudes. And uh, and these girls, are they're still talking shit. They're still, like, I'm watching this. I'm like, I'm a six foot seven dude who, aside from anyone trained in, like, that MMA shit, which I find very humbling. Uh, I've been wrapped up in some pretzels by people that I didn't think I, I would. Uh, would. But I'm, I'm not exactly a weakling, and I would not talk shit back to this guy. If I saw this guy in the street, and he was wearing a MAGA hat, and I was uh, like a flaming gay liberal, I would be like, just keep walking. Just keep walking. I, I don't want to get my ass beat. And these fucking white girls, it's because they, they, they believe that no one will ever do anything. Well, ladies, wait till we got a little something called Islam. Yo, what's the guy? Is talking, oh, his name's Red Pill Ken, I think. Red pill something. I saw a little clip on uh, Instagram and then I, uh, I looked him up on YouTube because I want to see the end of what he was talking about. It's not or something. I'm just saying or something because I don't really know it. I don't have muscles. I can swing a sword quite well, though, says Herman. Way to perpetuate that Asian stereotype, Herman. I like Owen's current format of these. It's a lot closer to Reagan's fireside chats. It's more real instead of contrived and he never knows how long he will stream. Yeah, we're hanging. Red Pill Phil, is that his name, Wadalada? Owen, um, what do you think about Ann Coulter's opinion on women not being able to vote since they usually make dumb decisions? I think that you have to show that you pay taxes, and that includes married women. I believe, I, I believe that a married woman is making half of what her husband's making. So my wife can show she pays taxes because I pay an unbelievable amount of taxes. You know, it really, if you have a good marriage, it really is a team sport. Like my wife works her ass off and she doesn't have a quote unquote job, but she does though. Like two kids dealing with me, helping me with like touring, helping me with selling stuff online. Um, 
it's a full-time job. And, and so much of the money that I'm capable of making is because I have Amy. And so, um, so she should be able to vote. I, if you are in the negative of, of taxes, I don't think you should be allowed to vote. If you receive tax money and don't give tax money, I think that you should, I would vote to give you programs, but they would be fair and they would be in a way to get you out of your hole. It wouldn't be to set up a class of people, much like a plantation, that will never get off uh, government subsidies and uh, then will be controlled for the rest of their lives. I think that's cruel. And so I think that um, anybody who pays taxes gets to vote. Anyone who doesn't shouldn't be allowed to vote because, you know, two, two, <laughs> two wolves and a sheep voting on dinner. You know what I mean? Democracy is the event horizon of communism. I'm not into democracy. I like republic. I like a republic. There's a difference, and they don't teach that in school. And it's not common knowledge. I've realized that there's a difference between a democracy and a republic. And a democracy would be awful. You used to have to own land to vote. Yeah, see, I don't require that. I know a lot of people that should be allowed to vote that that live in condos or rent even sometimes renting, especially when we're seeing now, I think there may be a real estate bubble, which uh, bums me out because a lot of my uh, money is in real estate. But when you have this overflow, especially in cities of um, foreign money and fake, fake Jewy money, the fiat currency that they just keep printing in the fed, uh, you won't be able to afford a house. Like right now in LA, I couldn't have afforded a house. There's no like starter home in the hubs of uh, foreign money or fake Jewy banky money. So I don't think that you need to have to own land because if you live in a city, you're not going to own land unless you're worth just millions of dollars. So I just think as long as you pay taxes, land ownership is a threshold that could be manipulated even more than taxes, 100%. And to be, I'm not really that even gung-ho about the taxes thing. <clears throat> I never even thought it was a problem until very recently. It's just there's a tipping point population of people on government funding that for generations aren't getting off. Dude, that Trump is helping. Trump is helping this shit. Trump, Trump is a lot of people because I know white people that are in this predicament. And I know that there's a higher percentage of black people in this predicament. But there's also there's more white people on welfare generational welfare than there is blacks. It's just a higher percentage of the black population on generational welfare. So it doesn't really matter as much as people think. Um, but, but like, I know people that their family has been on welfare for two generations. And the only time I see them is uh, robbing tops friendly markets. And uh, that's just what they do. That's just, there's no incentive whatsoever to ever work. Right. Some of these dudes are now getting jobs. Because what a lot of economists and a lot of leftists and all these gays and the Jews, I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. I'm, I'm hitting that a little too hard now. I think the first time was funny. Now people are starting to think I'm, I'm being super serious. Oh, do you think limited welfare will work? Well, so what I'm trying to say is uh, they really want to work. They just need to be, they, they need someone, they, they want that uh, thing in their life that allows them to get out of bed and look forward to something. And uh, Trump is doing a good job of that. He really is. Trump is actually, in my opinion, one of the best presidents we've ever had. And again, that will be that will get the same reaction as when I question uh, macro evolution. People are, you stupid, you stupid. No, he's he's breaking. He's a he's a he's an act of nature. 
I mean, I'm not going to say he's like, uh, you know, I'd want my, my son to have his life or act like him. But uh, stop sending jobs to Asia. Yeah, globalism doesn't work. Globalism is a fairy tale. It, it is. You have to... Uh, you got to keep it. You got to keep it within your borders. And the older I get, the more I'm seeing that. And I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted uh, to be able to function off one principle. And I'm a free market. I'm an evangelical free market guy. <laughs> but in reality, that doesn't work when you have Bangladesh and China and all this shit. It just doesn't. And and when you have and people, we've gained so much wealth in the last. 50 years that it's tough to comprehend. And I'm not complaining about our wealth. It's our soul. That's one of the reasons I'm against universal basic income. I think it would, it would turn people into, into evil because people spite you for, forget if you give someone free shit that they didn't earn, they'll spite you for it. You know, it's like, that's one reason why comics in general would always end up cool because no, like uh, Ray Romano and all these guys that would be that would make a million dollars a week and be on these shows would always stay cool. They would be like some of the only celebrities you could hang out with because they all paid like dearly to get there. They all did open mics. Every comic alive has faced a half drunk, sparse nine people in a bar that doesn't give a shit about you, and that's humbling. And every comic, no matter how big you get or how many fans you get, can bomb. And you go out there and you can tank. Actors don't face that. Actors a lot of times would end out up these these hollow, spiteful, drug addicted uh, messes because they would get these like this huge amount of fame and wealth without earning it at all. And so they would then hate the people giving it to you. The Jews. I've bombed in a funny way. Uh, open mics are rough. Yep, to experience every single time. Um, I know Joe is a socialist just saying his favorite press. Yeah, he's, he's gotten way too, uh, he's gotten way too socialist and it's, it's tough for him to get off that track. Part of my like leftist amnesty I was trying to offer. I mean, I'm thinking of dudes like Rogan, like to think about Joe Rogan from five years ago, if he got to see what he is now, it would be horrifying. To be like, oh yeah, you're going to say that you understand why Lena Dunham wants to have an abortion. Or like, all this leftist shit. It's like, I, I almost see in his eyes, I'm not going to uh, assume intention or any of that, that bullshit. But just like, it's almost like the Get Out, like that movie Get Out. I see it in so many just liberals in general where they're like, look, their eyes... It's like that dude who got his soul bought by the people in the movie Get Out. And he's just looking at you like, get out. You know, like, I can't get out. Or else I don't get to, you know, pretend to be a ninja in my fun warehouse with all the cars. Why hasn't Ben Shapiro ever spoken with Michael Savage? I don't know. I don't know. Owen says to Joe, get out. Well, I just think that his soul... I. I I, part part of me still holds out hope for Joe Rogan, you know, call me a romantic, <laughs> but like just that little part of him that might be able to be like, this is, this is insane. Like, what have I become? What have I become? My sweetest friend. Uh, I mean, if you watch, I accidentally turned down a Joe Rogan special from 2006 and I was trying to watch his new one and I was so relieved 
of how funny he still was. And then I realized it was from 2006. And then when I turned down his, his new special, it was, it still had elements of humor. He still had his skill of comedy, but it wasn't funny. It just wasn't. He wasn't saying anything true. He was saying it, it was, it was propaganda. It was, it was Netflix propaganda. And, uh, and it's like, that's a guy who almost got out. He moved to Colorado. He was out. And then they brought him back in. Oh, and sending love from UK. Can I see refugee? Can I get refugee status yet? It's getting bad over there, huh? Owen is an optimist looking for the good in people. That's a quality to have. Yeah, but you also don't want to be uh, naive. It's a bad quality these days, I think. I, I'm, I'm trying to actually keep that quality in me down a little bit because I think that weaponized empathy is such a factor. And I think what we need these days is a, is a tough wake-up call in a lot of factor, in a lot of things. Like, no caravan, you can't come in here. But there's a child. Then there's a child still in Mexico. Because you're not helping people by not putting lines in the sand. Because once they come here, they won't respect us anyway, and it doesn't help them. Uh, I do not watch Rogan or Peterson anymore. Me neither. At all. Like, people are like, what would you think of Peterson's newest apology? I'm like, I don't know. Is this his ninth or his tenth? Did he talk about how complicated things were? Anybody that jumped on the condemn the innocent man bandwagon is out in my, in my mind. And there's no... A lot of the things that Peterson has said and taught are very valuable. He bridged a lot of gaps for me that I I will always be very um, thankful for. But that was a moment in, in U.S. history where you you're not coming back from that. You know, if you see Judge Kavanaugh, a guy that I don't know at all, and I'm not this evangelical Kavanaugh guy, like I don't even know his policies that well. I just know that that was a falsely condemned man. And there's two types of people. If you get on board the, the condemn the innocent, that's one of the worst things you can do to somebody. And, and, and if he really believed it, he should have just went for it. Jordan predicted he'd say something like that. Well, yeah, or maybe he just knew he would, and that's why he was scared of it. You know, it's, it's, it's kill the boy, be the man, Game of Thrones. Uh, it's so weird to me that Owen isn't an atheist. Why? Why? I, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Owen is an ex-liberal who made it big, who woke up to the truth and is shouting from the rooftops or wherever he is that day. The waking. Oh, thank you, Truth Laid Bear. Have you seen Thomas Sowell go on a tweet rampage calling Stephen a racist? No, which Stephen? Stephen? I need to know what that's about. Rogan knows better. He was friends with Alex Jones. Yeah, he turned on Alex Jones. See, that's one of the things that made me turn on Rogan. You don't pile on the condemned man that's innocent. Wait a minute. Thomas Sowell said that about Malinu? That's interesting. I'd like to see how that plant pans out. I love both of those guys. I love Malinu and I love Sowell. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that death match wins. Oh, and call about so much bullshit doesn't call out the bullshit in religion. Uh, what? <laughs> like, what is that even? The bullshit in religion. I, I've called out bullshit religion constantly. You never heard me talk about uh, institutions, my friend? JBP still defends AJ. That's true. Hey, anybody, where's the latest Peterson apology? Uh, Rogan sold out to some degree. That is for certain. Rogan turned on Malinu in a similar way and started calling him a cult leader. Yep. 
But I mean, Alex is like his friend, friend. It's one thing people were, were uh, taught. Someone commented on a, on a Crowder post where it's like, yeah, it's only a matter of time till Owen turns on you. Because, referring to the uh, the Stefan or the uh, Jordan Peterson thing. I've never turned on a friend. Show me one friend I've ever turned on. I had one conversation with uh, Jordan Peterson one time, and it's on here. I live streamed with him. He retweeted me twice, I think, and I respected him a lot as a thinker. I've had three long conversations with Joe Rogan in my life, and they've all been on a podcast. You've watched them. That's the extent of me knowing these people. I'm not turning on people that are like friends at all. It, it, and in fact, I waited a while to even turn on some of those guys because I, I like their message so much. The fact that, that like some of these people are actual friends, like you'll never see me turn on a Nimmer or a Crowder or anybody that is in my phone that I've had a conversation with outside of a podcast. It's never happened in my life. You know, there's think about how long I've been doing comedy and how many people I've been friends with and how many times I've ever turned on a friend. None. Not one time. It's like, Jordan, you could have just called up Jordan Peterson. I don't have his number. We're not buddies. It's, it's not like, it wasn't like, like me and Jordan are out lobster fishing every weekend. And then one day I just go online and start being like, that guy's a coward. I don't know the guy. Atheism innately requires more faith because you have to... Well, I just want to know how you get a dorsal fin out of nothing. Oh, and you turned on your wife. Wait, no, you turned your wife on. That's funny. Uh, you're killing it on Instagram. Oh, thanks, Ian. Uh, you don't need to defend BB. I'm not defending... Uh, wait, who are we talking, who's BB? I don't know who BB is. Oh, Big Bear? Oh, me. <laughs> if you want to listen to all the BS and religion, listen to the total. You were right. He was wrong. Thank you. Just asking. I, wait, wait, who are you guys talking about? I'm missing it. Oh, Theo? Theo actually kind of, Theo and Bert, they've never been to my house. I've never been to Theo's house. The only time I've ever been to Bert's house is to do podcasting. As far as comedians go, we were friends, but not like friends. I've never talked to Theo on the phone. I did one time. He called me right after the first time I did Rogan because he wanted to know how to get on Rogan. It's the only time I've ever talked to Theo on the phone ever once. So... That's, that's the thing about, uh, well, I know who I'm legitimately friends with is Dave Smith. Like Malinu, I'm better friends with than who I, I've talked to Malinu on the phone before. Uh, but you'd be surprised how flimsy a lot of entertainment friendships actually are. Uh, like me and Dave Smith text pro like almost every day, like me and Nimmer and Delev and um, Coddington, our sweet boy, we text every day. Um, like there is friendships in this in this wild world, like real friendships, but a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are like you sit down at a podcast and everyone's like, oh, my good friend. And it's, you know, you're just like, do you know what half of the year my birthday's in? <laughs> So Dave Smith on Malinu, how I want to be friends with him. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a great dude. And he's a, he's a, want to know why I, one of the reasons I really uh, love Dave Smith and trust Dave Smith is because you can see him grow. 
I don't trust the branded people, like the people that no matter what happens in their life, they're just like, these are all my things because these are my hashtags. Uh, Dave Smith, you can watch him wrestle with ideas and change and grow, especially since he's uh, about to be a father and got married. I see a lot of uh, similar things that I had to face in him, you know, and and I just think that's cool. All right, let me uh, let me read some of these. And I was pretty desperate for friends in the entertainment world. Not desperate, but just like I enjoy friendships. Like in high school and in college, I'd have like very close friends. And when I first moved to LA, I moved with a bunch of my friends from home. One of which I've been friends with since I was five. You know, I I have I'm very tribal when it comes to friendships, and I. I I love authentic connections with people. And that's, I think I forced it with a few people. Like I really thought Eric Weinstein could have been like a good friend. And uh, he just wasn't. It was like weird. Like once you start seeing the, it, 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 and it's so pointless. It's all these people that are like my brand. It's like, what do you think you get with more money? Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is with these people, but it's just, it's so gay. It's like, it's gayer than putting a man's penis inside of you. And that's really gay. But the gayest thing I can think of besides a cocaine and a mustache in a steam room would be a man having sex with another man. Like, that's real gay. But even gayer is when, uh, is when someone talks about branding over friendship. All right, let me read some of these PayPal's. This is from Philip. Hey, baby. I hope this reaches you. I was wondering if you have any JBP's Q&A where he addresses his Twitter comment. He seems to have moved back a bit and suggested that he was wrong. I was curious your opinion on his response and wanted to excuse, uh, wanted an excuse to feed the bear some honey. Also, I'd like to finally be verified as Resilient Bear. Welcome, Resilient Bear. Thank you, BB. Keep fighting the good fight. I don't care if he thinks he's wrong now. He doesn't. No, that's like if someone bangs your wife and then tells you they're wrong two weeks later after thinking about how complicated it was. It's It was so wrong what he said and when he said it, it was so crucial. And I, I prefer people that are wrong when they don't need to be right. Like if I'm just rambling on a Saturday morning stream and I say, you know, the Jews control the weather or something, and uh, which they do. But if I just do something like that and uh, I expect a, a level of forgiveness because it's like you can just see that I'm just rambling. And it, but let's say there were people marching Jews. They were firing all these Jews from their jobs because there was this huge movement because a bunch of people have accused these Jews of creating a hurricane that like killed their mother or something. And they were being condemned. And at that point, if I was like, they did it, they should step down. I'd be insane. You understand how stakes matter? It'd be one thing if he was just rambling on a Q&A one day about, uh, about whether or not someone should step down to heal the nation or something. And it wasn't actually happening and it wasn't dramatized in real life. And he wasn't Jordan Peterson where his entire his entire message is not to do that. So it's like, I don't know. 
Uh, there's no coming back for that for me. None. I, I, I'm not going to smash the guy. But uh, why does Crowder say, um, after a joke? I never noticed that. NPC might be the greatest meme of all time. It is. Atheists have Gay History Month. I know. They, they, they worship uh, uh, any, anything that goes against the norms. All right. Hey, um, hey, Ben. Could I send you a balcony barbecue girl bracket system? My dad is about to start a Kickstarter for his product. Wondering if you'd give it, us a shout if I sent you one. Also, he makes gun stands and pontoon products. That's cool. He sounds cool. He's a good man who built this business from scratch while also a full-time computer programmer at uh, Bass Pro. My dad and I have always butted heads, but things are finally lining up and we, aren't, and we are getting along. I have a goal to eventually move back home and invent my own stuff. Anyways, love your work, man. You're an honorable man and funny as hell. Thanks for everything. By the way, Jordan really did let me down too, but I still think God spoke through the, that man. I, yeah, I agree. I've listened to his Bible lecture so many times and I'm always brought back to the Spirit. Yeah, human beings can't be truth. Like people can speak, you know, like people can channel good and a good message and truth and then not anymore. And if that happens to me, tell me to go fuck myself when that happens. Or else you're not doing me any favors. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely shout out your dad. You don't even need to send me one. I'll just shout it out. Um, I don't know what the business is, though. You got to include it. But P.O. Box 727 Gig Harbor, Washington, 98335. Uh, but you don't need to send me anything. I'll just shout out your dad. I, I love good... Uh, Good father-son relationships, and you sound like you, you got your dad's back, which is pretty sweet. But I don't recommend moving back home, though. You know, go go west, young man. Owen, uh, I've enjoyed your comedy for quite some time. You're a hero of mine. My girlfriend and I loved your stand-up and, and streams and supported you where you we can. I make music and tour the world, but it really sucks lately. I was producing music professionally. In New York for mainstream advertising, the things you were talking about in entertainment really rang true to me, and I had to send you this. I know it's a pathetic amount, but it's about 25% of my worth right now. I quit. By the way, for those of you guys thinking that this is, I'm not, I'm not taking this dude's money. He sent me like 10 bucks, guys. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick here. Like, that's very generous and everything, but like, this is worded kind of intense. Uh, like you just sent me your fucking life's fortune and just because I talk in a fucking computer. Waves of guilt are washing over me. All right. I know you must get a lot of wannabe sending music. I'm just the real deal. I promise you. I'm not the best songwriter in the U.S., but you haven't heard. I'll send you another 50 bucks. Dude, don't send me money. If you really don't, I'm going to send it back. If you actually... Um, all right, I'll watch it. Just, just fucking email me or, or Instagram DM me. I'll, I'll, I'll help you any way I can. Um, oh, you came down with Lyme disease? Fuck, man, dude. Why don't I just send you, uh, send you some money? This is, this is a weird one. I, I can't stand it when people are like, "Here's, here's some money." I don't have any, by the way. Like, what the fuck is that? I say all the time. If you're uh, running low at all, don't ever give me money. Like, work on yourself. That fucking bothers me. It doesn't help the group. I'm doing fine. It, it, 
<sighs> All right. Hey, Big Bear. Now I feel fucking bad about this. Why would anyone do that? It's like, okay, uh, I'll try and explain it again. It's like a, a tip for a piano player in a bar. Like, is, is, is anyone ever, like, throw a 20 in their jar and they're like, this is my final 20. Can you please maybe play Sweet Home Alabama? No, it has to be a bonus or else it makes me feel like shit. Because I'm not, ah, uh, fuck it. All right, I'm not going to derail because of that. Here's a little honey for making me laugh every day while I work uh, here in Bend, Oregon. More honey to come. Dude, don't worry about it. Can I officially be Ben Bear? Welcome, Ben Bear. Much love and God bless you and your family, Angie. Uh, guys, come on. You're killing me here. It's not about, all right. Throwing a fiver for putting your special on YouTube. Love the content you've been releasing. Perfect. That's what I'm talking about. That's an honest, that makes me, that's good. Because that is true. We did put one up for free. And thank you for that. If you have a little extra, throw a little honey in the jar. But I don't want it to hurt you. BB, here's a little honey for you and Amy and the Cubs. I wanted to let you know that you have been an inspiration in life for me and my husband. Hearing the truth through the cacophony of madness in the world is a rarity, but each voice we contribute speaking life is a spark of light in the dark places. Know that what you're doing is deeply important and that there are uh, countless who pray for you daily. Your brawler heart reminds me of Paul. Thank you. My prayer is that the Lord continues to reveal himself to you, giving you his strength to fight the good fight. And when you are able, uh, that you rest in him and know that if God be for us, who can be against us? Watching your battle gave the courage to begin my own YouTube channel. Channel, You're not alone. And there are more and more are choosing courage and conviction over fear because of you. Blessings from Texas, Kristen. K. Pink Bear. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. P.S. My YouTube channel doesn't have a URL yet. I need 100 subscribers first, but you're welcome to watch my videos. I did a short tribute to you by searching Kristen Pinkerton. I'm in blue. That's Kristen Pinkerton. Uh, subscribe to her. Let's get her over a hundo so she can have a URL. Thank you for that, Kristen. That was very sweet of you. I'll read one more, and then I'm going to blow my brains out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, and I appreciate your humor, and I salute your balls, sir. Thank you, Alex. That was, a pre that was very... Very appreciated. Um, I gotta, I gotta get some, some of those squirty things for my contacts. Uh, hang on, I'm broke as fuck and loved your special on YouTube that you released. Thank you, by the way. I got three kids in no time. Can't wait to see you live one day. Perfect. See, that's the whole thing. If you're like hurting on cash, I put that out there so that you can enjoy comedy and not have to. Um, see, this is what I think is starting to ruin. A lot of stuff is the the concept of uh, free content. I almost want to write a book about that. It's in that Google book that I was talking about two days ago, where free and I think Netflix is this illusion of free because I mean I share a login with like eight people and it's like ten bucks a month. It's it's basically free. The thing is, anytime something's free, like Facebook is free, you know, Google free. All this shit is free. It's only free because they, they want something from you. And you might and you might just not know it yet. So I wanted to make something of, of decent quality. You know, it's not as high quality production-wise as some of these Netflix specials, but it it's it's a contender. Someone sent me better audio track for it, but I already uploaded it, but it's fine. Uh it looks nice. But the content you'll never get free. 
because it's it's ballsy, like for real, and that's what comedy is. You have to you have to go against the sacred cows, and uh, and that isn't happening on Comedy Central and Netflix anymore because the sacred cows are the ones that they're worshiping. So that's why I was really and thanks to the, our sweet boy Coddington Bear. And everybody involved with that. I wanted to make sure that I did a special that no one had to pay for. Because I can't put High Five Till It Hurts on my YouTube channel because Viacom owns that. I can't put Huge Pianist on my channel because another production company owns that. I can't put Comedy Central Presents Owen Benjamin on my channel because Viacom owns that. So it really is a lot harder than people think to, to do like a, to put something up for free that has any quality. Because it costs thousands of dollars to make. So uh, even on our level. Uh, there are two Kristen Pinkerton channels. I think she said something about what she was wearing. Was it blue? I'm in blue. So she's in blue, even though her last name is pink. Being constantly advertised to feels like a bombardment. Yeah, that's why I don't mind that so many of my videos have been demonetized. Because the PayPal's and, and the Patreons and the album sales and stuff are fine. Like, I'm fine. So I don't need it. The only reason I would have it monetized is because you, uh, I couldn't do super chats or on the live stream if it wasn't monetized on my old channel. And, you know, it's still money over time. Like now I have so many videos that it actually adds up a little bit. But uh, I recommend you guys do YouTube channels. I'll always promote it. You, don't, you can just pay me a penny on these PayPals if, you, if, you, if you're broke. If you don't have any money... And you want to get a message to me that I potentially will read on here. And I can't get to all of them, obviously. But just, just send a penny. That way it stands out. Because my email, everything free sucks. It's like my email is just slammed with spam from my enemies. And, uh, and just tons of messages. And I don't know who uh, some of these people are and what their actual agenda is and stuff. Bots are unable to pay because it doesn't make mathematical sense. That's one reason why Super Chats and PayPals and all this shit is so important is because I read all of them I can like in a row. Like I'm not getting people telling me that I'm uh, this horrible person and, you know, bigot, racist, homophobe because those people are either robots, like legitimate bots, or they are um, like these NPC liberal types. And those people are, they, they, they're, they're incapable of paying anything. So you'll never, it, it's the quickest way to weed people out, even a penny, because it doesn't make mathematical sense. If you're like a, a bot algorithm, one of these uh, astroturfing agents for the, the DNC, they can't pay anything because it wouldn't make it, they wouldn't be able to because they do like billions of these. And so they would be unable to do that. Uh, you're not. I'm so thankful for the comedy you have always done. Oh, thank you. NPCs can't spend gold. Between you and Scott Adams at the same time. Dude, Scott Adams had a hilarious idea. It's brilliant if it could work. And then I'll get out of here. Oh, is Delev here? Delev, I was, I was shouting you out earlier. You weren't even here? <sighs> All right, anyway. The fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. This Saudi Arabia shit about this, uh, this killing of this uh, Muslim Brotherhood guy. Scott Adams was like, what if they like had some peace agreement with Israel or uh, if like Saudi Arabia had to like bring in the, the, the quote unquote Palestinians uh, would be like their, their way of getting around this thing. I can't remember how he described it, but it was pretty fascinating how it could be a win-win. 
But uh, yeah, you got to you got to listen to Victor Davis Hanson talks about uh, just the Palestinian victim culture. It's really funny. Owen wants a penny to make sure no Jews write him at all. That's a good point, Captain Mike Maloney. We should embargo the Saudis at the very least. Muslim Brotherhood is a terrorist group. It is. Uh, Saudi Arabia to acknowledge the Israel state. That's what it was, Christopher. Good call. It was, uh, it was to acknowledge the state of Israel. How great would that? Imagine if, just imagine how funny it would be if Trump, uh, brought peace to the Middle East. How funny would it be if Trump spitefully just ended all world conflict? Like, just to show that Obama's a piece of shit. I would, I would laugh to no end. Being a victim is the way to gain subscribers now. Didn't you get it? It's 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 turning around. Obama brought that whole idea into the fucking ground. It's like it's not going to work anymore. And that's why you see Elizabeth Warren saying that she's uh, an Indian and Christine Blasey Ford saying she's raped and people aren't buying it anymore. Women aren't buying the fake rape shit. They're not. It's not working anymore. Because you have to be like, if you're in like a society with a lot of morality and ritual and um, cohesion, homogeny, and if someone says they were raped, people would be very, very reactive to that. They'd be like, oh God, well, let's, let's help. Let's do anything we can. At this point, because of the atheistic, deterministic, nihilistic bullshit, this material bullshit that we're living in right now, people are like, who'd you vote for? And it's not even bad. It's not even like they shouldn't be like that. They should be like that. If you voted for Hillary Clinton and you said you were raped by a high-ranking member of the Republican Party, I'm not going to believe you. And it's not because I'm cold or, or, cold or uh, woman-hating or any of that stuff. It's because statistically... You know, you have means, motive, and opportunity to lie about that. And that's the game plan. That's literally the game. <clears throat> that's their plan. All right. I got to go. The Me Too movement has made people less likely to give women. I said that a year and a half ago on Twitter and people slammed me so bad. I was like, the Me Too movement is going to make it so men don't hire women anymore. And of course I got slammed, but I was just laughing because I knew I was right. I was just ahead of schedule. Um, mathematically, it has to happen. That has to be the result of it. Like once you start weaponizing that, because it's not rapist men doing this, it's smart men. It's men saying, okay, well, I can't, like one of you guys, if, if, one, if a woman on this chat, like let's say there's a woman on here that's like, Big Bear, when you come to XNX City, let's uh, grab dinner and drinks. No, I can't do that. I could never be one-on-one -on -one with a woman having drinks that isn't my wife ever again. That's never happening. So then how could you hire? And it's not because I'm scared of what I would do. It's because I don't know this person and I don't know what they would say about me. Because as we see that it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do, you can't put yourself in that situation. I will never, ever... Be one-on-one -on -one with a woman that I don't, like, deeply trust ever again that isn't my wife. Like, there's no chance. No, There's no fan of my comedy that, that's a female that could ever get me to have even, like, a daytime lunch with them. There's just no way. And so imagine being a boss. 
And that's me. I mean, I, I'm like right now just like in a hotel, jumping rope. You know, I was trying to come up with an idea of like Tinder, but for male friendships, but it all sounds real gay. Like, I take risks, guys. I, I'm, I'm running and gunning. You know, I've done stand-up in Iraq. And I won't have lunch with a woman I don't know. So if you think about that, what would a boss do? So a boss would be like, uh, okay, I can hire a man or a woman. Let's see, the woman, I can't let her have dinner or drinks with any clients. I mean, that's logical. That makes logical sense because all she has to do is say someone raped her. And then everyone's fired and sued. So, I mean... I just don't get that. I don't get why anyone would do that to women because women now have to be treated like, uh, like second class citizens. They have to be like, you can't treat, you can't give a woman the same business respect you give a man because of the rape accusation weaponization. All they have to do is say he raped me. He, he sexually harassed me. I mean, if you look at what happened to that Prairie home companion guy, all he did is put his hands on a woman's back to say like hi or something. And he was fired. So I wouldn't, I, I mean, I would have to really, like I would hire a Dolev, like someone I trust, but uh, it would just be, there's no way I would be around any woman I didn't know. And and Mike Pence was right the whole time. And, and Trump was right for not drinking. I still like my booze. You know what I'm saying? Yes, back like Peterson turned on people, but like JBP said some good stuff in the past. Um, if a woman makes me less money, I can't pay her less for it. Right. Uh, Dulove is too attractive to hire, says tons more Carbell. Yeah, but she's, she's a, she's a cunt though. She's like a real mean little Jew. So, uh, I can trust her. <laughs> you can't trust anyone that drinks. Basically, you can't trust anyone. Uh, why well, I, I drink. You can't trust people that. This is the funniest part. It's like there's pictures of Hillary Clinton and uh, John McCain just pounding booze. You don't want your leaders. Listen, I'm a fucking comedian. It's like, and I'm wrestling with all this morality every day. I'm like these people in charge of our country, these people that like are in charge of business and war. They're so irresponsible. Like as a comedian, I'm not taking the risks that these people take. Luis J. Gomez took care of Kurt Mexter. I heard about that. Kurt's got problems. Don't trust anyone who likes pineapple on pizza. I like pineapple on pizza, Tiger Bear. Trump doesn't drink. That's good enough reason to vote for him. Yeah, it's it's smart. I like it. Leaders need to be sober. Yeah, well, I mean, Stalin was on an eight-day vodka bender when uh, Hitler first invaded. Um, all right, I got to go. Uh, hugepianist.com for tour information. It's selling, so please get tickets early, as you saw from my last tour. They will sell out, and we even added some shows to uh, to counter for it, but I'm not adding any more. So if you want to come, get tickets now. There'll probably be tickets for a good month, but it's for December, the weekend of December 8th, and it will be gone by then. You just and then people get sad, and they say that uh, you know their dream is to see me live one day, and I'm like, then why don't you get tickets? They're like, because I. I don't know. I just, I fucked up. Don't trust anyone that eats pizza alone. I ate pizza alone yesterday. 
All right, hit the like button, share it. Um, Hitler did nothing wrong. All right, have a good day.